All right, we're on. There we go. We're going to test this. I'm going to take my ring off just in case it's that too. All right. Well, we're in Luke chapter 10, and uh, I'm so glad you're here to, to to be together as a family of God and to look at His Word and to worship Him today. Um, I'm excited. Also, we we started um, a little mini series last week called One Thing. One thing, and it was based on uh, the story of Mary and Martha in the scripture as a starting place, kind of a launching pad for us to look at ourselves and begin to look through what's the one thing. And, and when we look at the one thing, what are the other things that kind of work against the one thing, right? And remember last week we looked at uh, the one thing that works against the one thing, which was what? Anyone remember? All of you at once. Distractions, right? You remember that last week? Distractions, right? Maybe you're distracted. That's okay. Um, distractions. And we talked about a few ways that, that we get distracted. We get distracted with our comforts and our pleasures. We get d- distracted by the imperfections in others that we see, and we kind of focus on that. We also can get distracted with the good work, right? Like, hey, this is good ministry. It's good work. I'm, I'm doing awesome things, but but you're still kind of missing that one thing, that connection. And we realize that what we needed is just to focus on being with Jesus. That's the one thing, okay? So as this whole series goes along, what is the one thing? It's being with Jesus or in Jesus or, you know, it's, it's about Jesus. It's kind of a Sunday school answer, I know, but that's why it's there. So we're going to look today uh, beyond distractions, and today we're going to look at worry as one of the things that gets in the way of the one thing, worry. And I know I didn't publicize that ahead of time because half of us probably wouldn't have come today to, t- to listen, right? So I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, and then uh, I'm going to work through the text in Luke chapter 10, and we'll get to, uh, get to work here. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your love and for your grace. God, I thank you for the life and the vitality we see within uh, the walls of this building. God, this is the church. And God, this is the family of God, and it's uh, a multi-generational cross-section of not only our community, but of age, God, of, of all, all types of different ways of life. But we come together uniting uh, around the one thing, and it's the one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we thank you for that. God, as we look to your word now, we ask that you would be with us, that you would open our hearts and our minds to be receptive, that, God, we would, we would put on the back seat anything that we brought in as a, um, a way of thinking that maybe was right or it was a preference, but, God, that we would really look to your word to see what it says. Guide us today. We want to be honoring to you. We want to be led by your spirit we ask that your spirit be active in convicting us of sin and moving us to a place of repentance and, and faithfulness and faith in you. God, we want to be about your business. Show us what you're up to. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read the fullness of the text of the story of Mary and Martha. We're in Luke 10, beginning at verse 38. We're traveling in the village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what the Lord said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of God. 
So today as we look at the Word of God, we're going to, to break apart um, worry down into a little more broad sense, uh, check some broad strokes in Scripture of what the Scripture has to say about worry. I have three points. If you have your uh, bulletins and you got got sermon notes, you can follow along with that. The three points are in there. The Scriptures referenced are in there as well. Uh, and uh, on the back is a, a discussion you can have later with your family or with yourself or with your small group, wherever you might be. So three things about worry. What do we worry about? Number one, what's it say in the notes? Death. We worry about death. We worry about death. And I, I start there because, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that comes up to mind often for people. And, and if we don't really know Jesus rightly, this worry will overwhelm us. Well, you know, when, when are we reminded about death? We're reminded about death when someone dies, right? We're reminded about death when Maybe we have a significant medical problem come up, or maybe someone in your family has a significant medical problem, and you see the end is near, or, or maybe the end could be near, or I'm not as young as I used to be, or I'm more fragile than I think I am. You're like, this body seems to be wearing out. So we think about death. We also think about death uh, at times where the circumstances of life almost precipitate it to be, be a preoccupation in our mind. But there are actually people, and you may be among them, who are preoccupied with this thought and this worry and this fear of death and what, what's going to happen. And, 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 that you, and, and part of that fear, we have to understand something. We saw this last week as well in the rich young ruler. When Jesus said, hey, you lack one thing, he said, go and sell everything you have and come follow me. Remember, he had to go, and I said he had to go and let go. We tend to hold on to things that, that make us worry. We hold on to things that really aren't within our preview to worry about and, 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 or in our preview to control. And in that, in that, we start to worry and fear, and, and it creeps into this anxiety and despair or even depression, and this burden gets overwhelming, and you have this preoccupation of the what if and when, and I don't want to die. Now, for us who are Christ followers, who have put their faith in Christ, this should be one of those no-brainers, but it's not always that easy, is it? I just want to walk through a couple simple things in the scriptures that maybe would help alleviate some of this worry regarding death. Romans 3, 23 and 24 says this, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. Oftentimes our preoccupation stops at we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You're like, oh man, see how bad I am? I don't want to die. But it, the verse goes on to say, right? That we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. Redemption means Jesus had to pay something in order for us to be able to be free. Free from what? Free from the wages of sin. That's death. That's what 623 says. The wages of sin is death. So we should have a bit of a healthy preoccupation with death because every one of us is a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All means every one of us in this room has done that. Everyone in the world has sinned. We've all fallen short, and we all, the Bible says, deserve death. So certainly, you're like, at this point, Brandon, give me some good news. I thought we weren't going to be preoccupied with this. The wages of sin is death, but that goes on to say as well, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's our one thing, right? In Christ Jesus I Lord, our Lord. The answer is always Jesus. How, how is it Jesus then? How, how, how is Jesus the answer to my alien body or my alien family or, or to my preoccupation, my thoughts about the end of life? Well, Jesus is God who put on human flesh. 
to be a provision for us. The author of Hebrews writes this, since children have flesh and blood in common, we all are all made of flesh and blood, Jesus also shared in these things. So he put on flesh and blood so that through his death, his death, see, we're occupied with our death. Like, I'm going to die at some point. Or maybe you're like, I don't want my mom or my dad to die or my, my kids or whatever it might be. We talk about our death. But the preoccupation here is, this is about Jesus' death. Through his death, he might destroy the one holding the power of death. That is the devil. Do you see that? There's, there's someone has power. If you, if you and I have a preoccupation in our mind about death, if we're constantly thinking about it and we're constantly worrying about death, who has the power over us? It says Satan does. The enemy of God has won, that, won, won you over and burdened you and given you this despair. Now, if you are in your sin, if you have not come to faith in Christ, you should be worried because the wages of sin is death. But if you have come to faith in Christ and put your faith in him who died for you, then you are now free from the penalty of your sin. The wages of sin is death, and you have life, eternal life, secured. He made provision. He made provision for you. It says that he destroyed the one holding the power of death, that is the devil, and he was doing it to free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. Isn't that amazing that he's come to free us from that fear? That through faith in Christ and what he has accomplished, we can put our trust and hope in him. And that's exactly what we see now in Scripture. How do we fight this? When we come to faith in Christ, my eternal, my eternal position is secure. I, I'm not, I don't have to answer for my sins anymore. Jesus answered for them. And now I'm clothed with his righteousness. And, and that when this body dies, and now here's the other thing. It's kind of weird. Hi there. My name's Brandon. I'm talking to you, right? I'm, I'm speaking to you from my soul. This is Brandon's soul speaking to you. It's not like my soul's removed somewhere. It's right here attached to this body. I'm, I, Brandon, am using this body until it dies. But I, Brandon, am eternal because Christ has also saved me. And I will not die. This body will definitely die, guaranteed. But Christ has a whole, see, we don't even think about it in those terms, do we? How, how often do you talk to your, your sister, your brother, your husband, your wife, your kids, soul to soul? Like, hey, this is not just flesh and blood. We have a heart, right? We have, a, we have this, this, this gut feeling. We have this, this, the, the spirit inside of us moving us towards something else. And it's not just because of the atoms in my body all aligning the right way and speaking. Do you understand? Like the atoms in my body, I hope, align the right way so I can function. But who I am, my soul, is who, I, who is speaking to you now. And, and so the problem with fear is this. We tend to too tightly align and put together our soul with our body. Now, again, if you are in your sin and not a believer in Christ, you should get that sorted out and put your faith in Jesus. But for the Christ follower, what's, what's sure? Every single one of us, this is for all, every person, what are the two things that are always certain? Death and taxes, right? Always certain. But for the Christ follower, God has paid your ransom. Your soul is secure. It will not die. Now, what is it going to feel like for this body too? I don't know. I, I don't have to worry about that. God has me. The psalmist writes this in 27. 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. So this is how we focus away from fear and worry back to the Lord in, in regards to death. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? Is anyone bigger than God? Answer is no. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread? When evildoers come against me to devour my flesh, my foes, and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though an army deploys against me, my heart will not be afraid. My heart will not be afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, I will still be confident. And here's what the psalmist goes on to say. I have asked one thing from the Lord. So in point number one, here's our one thing that we're searching for. What is this one thing that's going to help me? What is the one thing I desire? He says, it is what I desire to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. What should be my desire? I, want to, I don't want to worry and, and be in dread about uh, or fear about death. I want to live forever with God, eternal life, being face-to-face with the one who gave it all for me. The psalmist goes on. I want, to, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. I want to be gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him in his temple. Why? Because he will conceal me. In, in his shelter. Uh, he will hide me under the covers of his tent. He will set me on a rock, and then my head will be held up high. I will offer sacrifices in his tent. I will offer shouts of praise. I will sing and make music to the Lord. See, this is a content, joy-filled heart that puts its trust and hope in the Lord. Amen? So when we talk about this issue of, of fearing death, if you are without Christ, you should come talk to me afterwards. We'll talk about that. Or do some business right now with you and Jesus. Repent of your sin. Believe in Jesus. He made provision for you so you could have eternal life, so that your heart would no longer have to fear. All of our bodies should be afraid. In fact, I wake up and it's pretty much trembling every day. But my soul, my heart does not fear because I am his and I rejoice. Romans 8, it goes on. That we are held by him in, in, in his sanctuary for eternal life, but we are also led by him. Romans 8 says, all of those led by God's spirit, those are who come to faith, right, whose hearts are secure and are, are, are trusting in God, uh, they are called God's sons and daughters that, that, that were now his children. For you did not see, receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of, of adoption. What is Paul saying? He says, fear, it means that you, you don't think you're, you belong anymore. You're not sure where you belong. And, and what God says is his spirit is inside of you, if you're a believer, to convince you and know you belong to him. You are his. You've received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children that we are God's children, safe and secure. Listen, when Satan accuses you of not being enough, when he tempts you to follow the flesh and be afraid, we need to remember that Christ has made provision for us. And his word says this, you are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. The one thing, we want to fight the worry and the fear of death. The one thing is this. Dwell with Christ through repentance and faith as children adopted by God. And as we do that, we ought to 
Rejoice, not be afraid. Number two, what, what else do we, we worry about death? What, what else do we worry about? What do you guys see on your notes? Life. That pretty much sums it up, huh? What's there to worry about? Life and death. Well, there's going to be one more. We worry about life. And when we talk about worrying about life, we're actually looking at the burdens, the cares, the worries, the, the things going on right now in this present life. We worry about life. First Peter chapter 5, it says this. I'm going to read the whole text. I'm going to kind of break it apart afterwards. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he might exalt you in proper time, casting all your cares on him, because he cares about you. Be sober-minded and be alert. For what? Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory, this is how he, he saved and secured you through his blood, in Christ, he, he himself will, what's the promise that he will do? He will restore, restore you, he'll establish you, he'll strengthen you, and support you, even after you've suffered a little while. So it's talking about today, and the pressures of the world that are all around us. First of all, if we've settled this life and death thing where, where we're good with God, he's saved us, we're forgiven, we can stand before God one day with a righteousness not our own, but imputed by Christ, then our soul is secure and we don't have to worry about death or fear death. We are safe. And in that, we rejoice. But moving into, we still are here. We're still in this world that seems to be falling apart every day. While we're still here in this world, we need to understand, he says, that your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for whom he might devour. Do you know how he devours us? Sin and shame and guilt and burdens and worry and fear. And if that is you, he's got you right where he wants you. That's why Peter says, be alert. Look around and see that these things are going to happen. What we think is this. I should have a comfortable life. And this goes back to last week's uh, series, right? The, the comfort and pleasures are kind of, as long as I'm comfortable, I'll, I'll be okay. But that's the distraction. And Satan knows that. And, and every one of those things, you think about our life today. Everything we own, every person we know, every job you have, everything can and one day will be stripped away. Everything. And what Satan wants you to think is, it's everything there is. Hold on as tight as you can. Even when it looks like you're going to lose it, hold on tighter. Why? Because he wants to devour and destroy. So what do we do? We, we, we make ourselves alert. We're sober-minded and we're, we're alert. And we take the burdens, these felt burdens, instead of believing the lies of Satan, we cast our cares on Jesus because he cares about you. And as we do that, and as we resist the devil and stand firm in what Jesus has done, the scripture says that then he will what? He himself will restore you. And he himself will establish you. He himself will strengthen you and support you, even after you've suffered a little while. This is what God has promised that he'll do. It's amazing, isn't it? You are his possession now. But he is also yours. He is a treasure that you can trust in and rely on, and you should rely on. 
Psalm 9 says, those who know your name, speaking of the Lord, those who know him, trust in him because he has not abandoned those who seek him. That's an amazing promise. When we know who God is and know what he's capable of doing for us, we put our trust and our hope in him. He will not abandon. Paul writes in Philippians, we see this all the time. It's one of those almost cliche verses when you're afraid and when you're worrying. What do people say? Don't worry, just pray about it. Right? Don't worry, just pray. That's what the scriptures say, though. I'll read it. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, pray, right? Through prayer and petition, but it's with thanksgiving. What is that thanksgiving in there for? Why, why are we praying with thanksgiving? Because we know God is trustworthy. We know that he will never abandon or forsake us. We know who he is. We know he is trustworthy. And when we know that, we can pray, right? We can cast our cares on him. We can take our anxieties and worry and put them at his feet. We present our request to God. And what is the promise from that? When we do that with that thanksgiving, knowing who he is, it says the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's a promise. You want your heart guarded? We saw that in point number one. We see it in point number two. It's about the heart being taken care of. God is all about taking care of your heart. He's all about being trustworthy in every single way. Your adversary, the devil, is not so much. So don't listen to him. He's a liar. Psalm 62, I, I would say preach this to yourself. I'm going to read it. You ready? Rest in God alone, my soul. I love how it starts that way. You know why? Because he's not preaching to his body. He's not saying, rest in God, body. It'll be all better. Maybe not. Maybe it won't be all better. That's why he's preaching to our soul. He says, rest in God alone, my soul. For my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold, and I will not be shaken. My salvation and my glory depend on God, my strong rock. My refuge is God. Some of you, I, I really encourage you right now, write that verse down. You need to write that down, and you need to preach that to yourself every morning and every night and, and every time you worry in between. You need to have like a sticky note of this in your car, on your mirror, uh, at your work, inside your, inside your mailbox, wherever it is you're going to go and need to be reminded. You preach this to your soul. I'm going to read it again. Close your eyes and, and listen to this. This is what you preach to yourself. Rest in God alone, my soul. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He's my stronghold. I will not be shaken. My salvation and glory depends on God, my rock. My refuge is in God. We'd be pretty well off if we preached that to ourselves all the time, right? Memorize it. Hide that in your heart. That is where our hope comes from. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not in our circumstances being all hunky-dory. They will not be that way. But God is a God who can be trusted, and a God is a God who can be, who is the one that gives you peace because he is your rock. The exhortation continues. He says, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. I, listen, I, you're like, Brandon, I don't, I don't feel it. I know. Maybe you don't feel it. Run to God and pour out your heart. 
He is your refuge. If you don't go to God and pour out your heart, you're not going to the refuge that's actually a refuge. You're going to go to something different that is inferior to God. Do you understand that? Everything else is inferior to God. Stop running to those things for your help. Trust in him at all times. So when worry surfaces and and the world starts to, to, to close in around you and the burdens and cares seem too heavy to carry, then the world never delivers what it promises, we can remember what he promised. John 14, Jesus says, Peace, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And I do not give it to you as the world gives you because the world doesn't give you peace. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. Right? He has given us his peace. So what's the one thing? It's to trust in Jesus alone. He is the best portion. Nothing else will satisfy like he can. Finally, number three. If, if we've worried about death and we've worried about life, what else could there be to worry about? Number three is tomorrow. We worry about tomorrow. Who's really good at that? Worrying about tomorrow. Yeah, right? The rest of you are liars. <laughs> That's a different sermon we're going to do. All right, we are, some of us can be real worry warts. We worry about tomorrow. It's not enough to worry about the things going on around us today. We have to worry about tomorrow, right? I want you to turn with me uh, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. As you do that, I, I just, I, I thought about how do I, how do I share this part? I, I thought about like the worries about tomorrow, right? Right. Oh my gosh, there's a big bill. There's a big bill tomorrow. It's going to be bigger than I wanted it to be. Some of those tomorrows, right, can be taken care of today by paying your bill on time and not having too much to pay later, right? So some of those things are about being diligent today and taking care of all the things that God has laid out for us today. And the better disciplined we are at today, the less worry we have to have about tomorrow. Right now, you can think about your own analogies there and what, what is better today. Like, like for instance, here's a, here's a really good one. When, I, when my car starts getting down in gas, I just go put some gas in it. Because you know what's going to happen tomorrow? The light's going to go ding on my life. Sorry, I threw my wife under the bus there. And she's just living day to day, right? But I'm like, I, it's ready to be filled up. I need to fill it up. I'm going to fill this up. So tomorrow, I don't have to worry about it. I, how many of you go to a doctor's appointment in Medford or down to Reading or in Wairika, wherever you're like, in the morning, you're like, oh, I don't know if my car has gas. That was yesterday's issue. You should have filled up the car, right? So it didn't have to worry about it. Like, take care of it then, right? Anyway, Matthew 6. We're going to look at verses 25 through 34. This is Jesus speaking on the Sermon on the Mount. He says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more important than the body or than food and the body more important than clothing? So he's saying, don't worry about what you will eat, right? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather in barns, yet the heavenly, your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Now, let's pause there for a second. Here's one of the problems. Some of us don't believe that we are worth more than they to our Heavenly Father. 
right? You're not worth more than they because you bring something amazing to God to say, look how great I am. You are worth more than they because you and I, as human beings, were created in God's image and have the breath of life within us. They do not. God cares for you. You are his unique creation. He cares for you more than they. Can any, any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and then thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles, the unbelievers, they eagerly seek those things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Amen? Seek first. There is seek first. The one thing. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God, and we put our hope in him because he is our provision. That last verse in 34, don't worry about tomorrow because today or tomorrow will we'll worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I want to turn to one more passage with you. Lamentations, if you would. Lamentations. Chapter 3. And we're going to be looking at verses 21 through 24. I love hearing you flip the pages of your Bible. Good job. So we know that through faith in Christ, our our future is secure. And so for us, why are we worrying about our future tomorrow? when it's secure, right? And so uh, in, in Lamentations, there's quite a bit of an extensive context. You could go read through this. But uh, verse 21 says, I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Well, what is hope, right? Hope is what we need. That's the one thing we need that helps us alleviate the fear and worry of tomorrow. So I have hope. Usually when we are afraid or worrying about tomorrow, what we're saying is, I don't feel hope about it. Like, there's nothing to hope in. Well, we should have hope because of him. My future is secure. Verse 22, because of the Lord's faithful love, his faithful love, it's dependent on him. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. His mercies never end. Listen, you've heard this said before. I hope you have. If not, take it to heart. I may not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And we spend way too much time trying to figure out the future when we don't know what it holds instead of trusting in the one who holds the future. Now let's talk about his mercies. He says, because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. And now speaking about his mercies in verse 23, his mercies, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say the Lord is my portion, therefore I put my hope in him. 
It's something interesting about his mercies. Uh, there's a book called New Morning Mercies that we often recommend to folks as a devotional. And every morning, it's a great reminder and a wake-up of God's mercy and his grace and his love and, and, and what he wants from us that day. It's, it's an amazing, amazing book. And what I would tell you is this, and this is what I think I've learned this through that book and just in the conversation. Let me ask you this question. Are the mercies of God that are given for today available tomorrow? No, they're not. They're not. Tomorrow's mercies are new. Do you, you get that? Uh, this is really, I hope you guys got some. I hope something's clicked for you. We bank our hope like, okay, well, the mercies on God's mercy. It's mercy. It's mercy. It's going to be awesome because we're worrying about tomorrow when God's like, I, you know, when you woke up this morning, I had this brand new set of mercy for you right there. And you know what that mercy was good for? Yeah, what's, what's today's mercy good for? Today. Today's mercies also are not good for tomorrow. Tomorrow's mercies are not good for today. Today. Today God has given us new mercies every morning. So when we worry and when we let fear creep in and when we begin to ask, well, what if this happens? Or what if this happens? Or I don't know, you, know, you can't take care of it in your mind. You've got to stop and remember. He's promised in Isaiah, he says, do not fear. I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. That's what he promises. And that is a promise of his mercy that is new every single morning. Amen? So what does it take for us? What's the, what's the one thing here? Well, first, it's gotta, I've got to lean into that today. I, 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 a lot of us are just living day to day thinking uh, what, his mercy is going to show up eventually. Eventually, I'm going to see the light. And God's like, man, I, I gave you something today. I gave you something yesterday. Gave, and you just aren't getting the point. You're too worried about it. You're not going to him in hope and going to him and casting your cares on him. You're not alleviating your anxiety through prayer and through thanksgiving that he is with you. You're afraid. But he says, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Don't be afraid. I am your God. Do you want anybody else to be your God? No, of course not. Now, practically, we maybe we don't show that. We make a lot of the things our God, right? But philosophically, like thinking logically, of course, we don't want anything else to be our God except for God. But remember, he's with you. He's your God. He will, he will strengthen you. He will help you. He will hold on to you with his righteous right hand. So what's the one thing? The one thing is to put your hope in Jesus. Put your hope in Jesus. And practically speaking, you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the ground and, and you just say, God, I don't know what the day has. But I know who has the day. I don't know what's going to come my way, but I know your mercies are new every morning. And God, I'm going to surrender my jitters. I'm going to surrender my anxiety. I'm going to surrender my doubt or my fear or my worry. And I'm just going to say, God, lead the way. And I will follow you, whatever you might be up to. 
And you see, that, that's what was missed when we talk about Mary and Martha. We can put all kinds of plans in, in, in our book for tomorrow. I mean, I have appointments all week long set up. I know that. But you know what else I know? Those things rarely stay the same. I, I have to. If I, if I, you know, I used to be, I need this. Come on, this is right on time. Every, my day is kind of like super chill now. God, whatever you're up to, the door's open or the door's closed. I, don't, I got a phone call or I didn't get a phone call. Got a text to respond to, or I didn't get a text. I, I'm not gonna hyperanalyze that. I'm not gonna hyper schedule that. I'm just gonna let God do what God needs to do because I don't want to freak out. I don't want to be worried. I want to be able to sit at the feet of Jesus and say, God, what are you up to? Show me the way, and I can rely on His mercies that are new every single morning. Amen. All right. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up. We're going to respond and, and worship. Uh, some of our children from Children's Church are going to come back in and join us as we sing. And uh, let's stand together as we close in prayer and go into worship time. <clears throat> let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are a God who, who loves us. And God, you, you aren't leaving us to just flail about in this life, that, that not only did you send your son and die to secure us eternally, but you've given us your mercies every single day. They're new every morning so that, God, we can trust and hope in you in the midst of the craziness of this life. Until that one day, when we see you face to face, that one day when you make all things new and, God, the worry will be absolutely gone. But, God, today may we rely on your mercies that never end. May we rely on the mercy that you gave us for this day. God, putting our lives in your hand, putting our schedules in your hand, putting our worry in your hand because you care for us. And God, putting our trust in you, saying, God, show us what we're doing today. We want to be part of what you're up to. Relieve us of the burden that we have placed on our own shoulders. Relieve us of the guilt and shame and the burden that Satan has placed on our shoulders. Help us to remember we are free if we are in Christ. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.